Welcome to Inspired for More podcast. I am so happy you're here. My name is Alexandra Sove, and I'm a social entrepreneur. I have built and I continue to grow my multi-million dollar sales organization. As I started to pursue entrepreneurship in my mid-20s, over a decade ago, it opened me up to a whole new world of personal growth and pursuing greatness. I am insanely passionate about stepping into the very best version of ourselves and letting go of stories that no longer serve us. And so this podcast is a thank you back to the world to elevate the collective energy that we all share, as I truly believe that we should all be pursuing our fullest potential in our health, our relationships, our career, finances, and spirituality. The more we achieve and we expand ourselves, the more we give permission to others to pursue success, joy, and true fulfillment. And so if you feel any bit inspired by this intro or any episodes to come, just know that if you can be inspired, you are actually meant to inspire others. Now let's dive into an episode. I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to another episode of Inspired for More podcast. And today we've got a really special guest. I've actually been following her journey for several years now. And we were part of some certification years ago. And we just kind of rekindled right now while we're on screen. And I'm actually so thrilled to be here because... Deborah literally just showed me all her certifications, you guys. We are so lucky and we're so in for a treat. She, I like, I cannot even name them all off, but there's so many here right now. There's like, of course, she's an LLP master. She's uh, she's done so many different trainings, including what I just saw briefly was the Canfield Success Principle Training, High Performer Coaching Training with Brendan Burchard. She's done resilience training, uh, the Heart Math Resilience Training. She's got this incredible company that I've been following. She does life coaching, and of course, she does NLP certifications. She also helps people become certified life coaches, and she's currently... Listen to this, you guys. She's following to become a PhD in metaphysics science and finding healing modalities and spiritual aspects of these tools for extreme effect that become extremely effective. And, you know, as you've learned in so many of my previous episodes, I'm all about mind-body connections, how your emotions, the words you use, they affect every single cell in your body. So I'm really, really excited to have Deborah here. And uh, one fun fact about Deborah is that She's from Australia. And so she's now, she now lives permanently in the US with her husband, her three daughters, her eight grandchildren, and one great grandchild. Like, it's like even hard to believe. First of all, it's hard to believe she's a grandmother. Second of all, a great grandmother. And she makes spirituality, mindfulness, working out, yoga mats, her daily routine. And fun fact, Deborah, wow. I'm a I'm a certified yoga instructor. So I feel like we are kindled spirits. There's a reason why I was definitely without a doubt attracted to you for a long time now. And I'm so excited for to have you on the show today. But most of all, I just went over a quick bio of you, but I'd love for you to tell us about you and, you know, what brought you into this world of like metaphysics and all the energy stuff and really wanting to be excellent in so many parts of your life. Yeah. I think what led me to it is because my life was out of control, so to speak, even though it might not have looked at physically to others, my internal world was out of control. And uh, the first part that led me to it was yoga. And so I love that you're also a, a yoga teacher. And I came from a corporate background, right? A little bit about me first, I came from Australia when I was 23 years of age. And I felt like I was the original Mrs. Crocodile Dundee, because I landed in the big city of New York and it was very bizarre coming from Australia, which was so much smaller and, and the population smaller and the city smaller where I lived anyway. And uh, during my time there, 
I actually set up my own business and I ran a very successful business in New York, often feeling I was an imposter. How did I get this, this little girl from Australia? How did I have this business that supported me and my family and, you know, not really having the confidence in myself, but the evidence showed otherwise, you know, so I always doubted myself. I had these limiting beliefs about myself and didn't want to stop what I was doing in case everything failed, in -hmm. case everything failed. And then I left that. I did that for 18 years. It was a desktop publishing uh, um, legal, medical, uh, transcribing business that I had in New York. I had a lot of women that worked uh, for me that were able to work from home. So it was way back in those days before the pandemic and people actually working from home. And then I went into the airline business. So I decided after what a my change. Younger, yeah, big, big <laughs> change. After my younger daughter went to high uh, college, I said, okay, I'm, I'm done living here. I want to be able to travel and do some things for me. And uh, so I became a flight attendant uh, for JetBlue Airways. And I didn't stay in that role long before I eventually rose up to become the general manager of John F. Kennedy Airport oh, for wow. the flight attendants. I know. And once again, I'm saying, how did I end up with this role? What am I faking here? To achieve this, you know, who am I really? All the doubts and and limiting beliefs about me as a person. That led me to yoga in order for me to uh, find peace in amongst the chaos because the airline industry, like a lot of corporate roles, can be very, very hectic. And it doesn't stop. It's 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, on speed with everything. You know, just look at some of the recent things that have been happening in the airline. Yeah. And so in order for me to find something that I would be able to escape, I found yoga. And when I first started, I was funny enough, I said, oh, this is for girls. You know, I'm not into this (laughs) slow stuff and deliberate postures. Give me the extreme. I'm I'm always into extreme stuff, you know. And um, I, I couldn't understand why in some classes I would cry. In other classes, I would feel invigorated and happy. And that's when I started to study the mind-body connection. Mm. What really happened inside the yoga room and how to keep that with me outside of the yoga room. And, you know, kind of the sayings we hear to be in the world, but not of the world, not to be affected by, by everything that's going on and still be able to just be there and be able to move through it with a with a cause instead of at an effect state. I think so many people listening are going to be able to relate to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know for myself, I was the same thing, like always extreme. And still today, when you were talking about that 1%, like it always thriving to get to the top of something, another mountain without realizing yes. it. What do you think it was inside of you that was, even though you had the imposter syndrome, like you say, Clearly, there was something inside of you that was always excelling to the top of your industry. Yeah, and sometimes I think it was the fear of failure that drove me. Instead of it being a positive resources, it was like, oh, if I don't succeed at this, then what's going to happen? I'm going to have nothing and I'm going to lose everything. And how do I support myself and my children? So I was more driven by a fear than I was by uh, the positivity of the results. Even though I am a positive outlook person, what drove me was not necessarily that. I always knew there was something more and I didn't want to be 
in the realms of not having what it was I wanted to create in my life, that peace, that stillness, and mm. and I never had it. Externally it showed differently a lot of the times, but internally I was chaotic. Oh, my God, I think so many people are going to be able to relate to that. And how many people do I speak to that I was the same way, too, was like, oh, my God, I can't sit still to meditate. And I'll be honest, I meditated and I prayed before I got on here because I really want this podcast to touch so many people. And just in the first five minutes, I think that your story in itself has touched many people because we we tend to not be centered. Right. And so many of us think I can't center myself. I, you know, I've got such a busy mind, all of these different tactics. And so I'm so grateful that you mentioned that in yoga, you would cry and then you'd be happy. So what made you realize that there was something deep? So you evidently realized there was something deep. And so that opened the door to what was the next step after realizing that? Well, I love that you asked that because the next step that got me was I wanted to understand what happened inside the yoga room. And so here I was, you know, a corporate leader running uh, John F. Kennedy Airport for over 1,800 flight attendants. And I had a big staff, et cetera, et cetera. And financially, I was doing fine. I was marrying the man of my dreams. My children were all doing well. I was fit and healthy, but on the inside, I was miserable and I didn't know why. So I wanted to understand the disconnect between uh, the mind, um, the mind, the mental, emotional, physical and spiritual realms that we have. So the study of yoga brought me to understanding, like you were saying about the mind just constantly going. When, When people say to me, my mind never stops, I go, good, that means you're alive. (laughs) if it does stop then we're not we're no longer here on this realm you know so to find just maybe a pause every now and then in between the chaotic chatter help me understand that I am okay and I'm not abnormal and in fact I'm normal if if you want to classify it as normal and there's nothing wrong with me that my mind does that all the time and, and to find those moments of, of going, oh, this is what I'm feeling, recognizing what I'm feeling. What would I like to feel instead of that? And what would be some of the steps to get there? Because nothing is, is real, really, in our mind. We're pretty much making up a lot of the stories that, that we tell ourselves, And so question right. some of those. So after the yoga, that led me to, I became a yoga teacher. I used to help out at, at yoga trainings. And of course, I had to get all the way with that, you know, (laughs) always adding that pressure to myself. And um, I resigned from my corporate role to then study coaching. And I did some of my certifications. I listen, I have a box. They're literally like, she held it up. And honestly, you guys, she's so small. You would think, think, how did she, first of all, she looks so youthful. And you you look at the stack of that and you think, how did she get all of that in in so little time? But it's really (laughs) astonishing. Thank you. I just was determined to grasp what was helping me. What was making me feel better? Because ultimately, that's what I don't believe anyone wakes up and goes, I want to have a rotten day. You know, I want to feel feel miserable all day. Let me do that. No, we wake up, you know, unconsciously wanting to feel good and go about our day doing the best that we can. So the more that I studied, the more I realized I didn't know. And it was during uh, one of those trainings, it was actually the Jack Canfield training, I'm, I'm one of his trainers, he spoke about neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. 
And I, like many people, go, what's NLP? And his response was, if you don't know what NLP is and you haven't taken it, it's a must. What he was teaching was based on the principles of NLP. Mm. And so that fascinated me. And it was funny because it was in the March that I was doing that training and I already had, Alex, I already had like another four trainings lined up (laughs) for the rest of that year. And uh, I looked to take an NLP training, which was in that December. So that took me through the whole entire uh, year. And when I went to the training, by now I'm certified as one of his trainers. I did uh, Janet Bray Atwood's training. She was one of the people with the secret, putting uh, some of those concepts together. And I did some other ones by some masterful, masterful people. And so I'm grabbing everything. And now I'm coaching, coaching people because I have these certifications. I still didn't have all the confidence with what I was doing necessarily. However, I was getting better as as I did it. And my fees for charging people, based on my belief in myself, was a lot lower than what my ability was. If that makes sense to you and perhaps anyone else. Under undervaluing that is what we what we have and and our ability certainly a lot less than what I was making in my corporate role so it came time for me to take um, the NLP training which is uh, as I said was in the December and I had done one in September October November all traveled to this is way before the pandemic had traveled to the mall um, you know hotels etc etc get to this one and I didn't even want to go Mm. I didn't even want to go I was like oh I've done so many I feel good and since when is good good enough right I'm saying oh I feel good about what I'm doing and I go to this training I said oh I'll just go because it's in Las Vegas and you know I can always go visit my mom and dad because they live there or I could always go and see a show and I was blown away from the moment I walked into the room from that training which was seven days full-on training I implemented the tools that I learned so it's taking action on what I learned and within three months my clientele had doubled and my income had quadrupled so I apply and my confidence because I knew what I knew and I had all this data behind me even if I didn't that one training was enough to propel me to to do what that's what I do today oh that's incredible yeah so I was a big uh, believer and I took the master practitioner level I became a trainer now I train others and then uh, teach others the skills so I'm excited I'm excited I told Deborah that I'm going to be doing it with her this summer I'm very very excited about that and and one of the things that I really wanted to dive deep in today was the fact that like you said, most people don't know what NLP is no. at all. And no. I actually discovered it through Tony Robbins. I've been a Tony Robbins yeah. fan forever. Me and that's too. a lot of his work. His work is really a lot of that. But what yeah. I love about having that intimate setting or working with a one-on-one coach like yourself is the fact that you get a lot more hands-on. So I know you, we can't go into all the details of what NLP is today, right. but just to give someone a teaser as they're listening yeah. in, how would you describe NLP in your definition as to someone who evidently would be listening to a podcast like this that obviously wants to level up their life, wants to be in, in an inspired state, wants to grow themselves? What would you describe NLP for the, that type of person? 
So I love that question because it is, as you say, it's very complicated in what it means. It's not well named. Uh, however, the skills itself, like you, you even said, um, Tony Robbins, I actually had two of his coaches that coach for him take the last training that I did, which is, and they were blown away because now it's understanding a lot of the tools that Tony does or Jack Canfield does. Uh, people of influence are trained in neuro-linguistic programming. So what it is, it's really the neuro is, is um, our mind, how we store things in our mind, and we store them through our senses. And our senses being what we see, hear, feel, taste, smell, and then how we label it with our self-talk what it is that's going on right now, how do we label our experience? And then the programming goes for our patterns of thinking that have been locked in our brain at that unconscious level that is our default pattern to go to. Mm. And so it becomes our reaction to certain things that are happening. So what neuro-linguistic programming does Whatever you want to do to create in your life through understanding what patterns of thinking, feeling, seeing, hearing, etc., that you do can lead you to get the outcome that you want and the result that you want. So it's taking you from where you are to literally where you want to be through a series of processes, techniques, and language being very, very key. How we say things to ourselves. We're very mean to ourselves, Alex. Mm, we're very I know. mean. I know. And we don't mean to be mean, but we're mean. And we would never speak to somebody, hopefully, the way that we speak to ourselves. Right. Know? I know. And it, it, as you were talking about that famous subconscious, about how yeah. we get locked into that one era, I've yeah. often heard that that's before seven years old. Correct. Our subconscious. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah. That's correct. Yes. The imprint period is zero to seven. And so whoever, uh, no fault against anybody, because me as a grandmother, I certainly can look back and go, oh, knowing what I know today, how did I imprint my children? And, you know, fortunately today I'm able to imprint my grandchildren and my great-grandson perhaps differently. And one of my granddaughters has taken my training. Oh. And that was just such an experience having having her in class. And uh, yeah, she's she's just amazing. So the zero to seven is um, either where we're matching somebody that is our influence or we do what's mismatching where when we get to make decisions for ourselves, we go unconsciously, of course, or subconsciously, as you say, we say, I don't want to do that. I'll give an example. My mother is um, very nurturing, very caring, very loving. Uh, so many good things that I want to be, right, that I would, I would model, as they say. And there's some things where her limitations on what she could have done and, and chose not to do, I want to mismatch that. Mm -hmm. I want to have the belief that, yes, you can. If you can believe it, you can achieve it. Yes. So and you decide to recreate a new yes. pattern according to that. Yes. Okay, that makes so much sense. And it's, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. for, And I'm sure many yeah. people can relate to this because yeah. I find myself, my mother had an aneurysm when I was 10 years old and life was awesome before. 
And yeah. life became really hard after. And so I find myself a lot and I, I, I've been using NLP right. practices and of course being that was, I think that's what brought me on this path, but I, I'm sure you can identify to this with so many clients and so many people listening out here. I'll find myself in a scenario that life is awesome and life is like business is going well, family's going well, everything is going great. And then I'll wake up in the middle of the night with like stricken anxiety. I, the only way that I explain it is like my ego or somebody trying to stop me in my tracks. Just I, I maybe you could explain that because I'm sure I'm not the only one or I, at least if I hope it can serve somebody here. Heck yeah. Anxiety is uh, like the number one visit to doctors pretty much worldwide. It's the silent killer. Anxiety is focusing on what you don't want. We're sending out those signals from the brain. Uh, it doesn't process negative. So it's going to give us that which we don't want. Right. 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 So we're focusing on that. So it's more or less training the brain, like training a puppy. No, you don't go here. You go here. Right. Not here. You go here. Right. That's so yeah. good. And right? I guess going back to what you were talking about earlier, now I'm, I'm backtracking because I love the fact that we're talking about anxiety. We're talking about a lack of self-esteem. And I think most yes. of us as women, we've been conditioned to not think that we're worthy of earning those high salaries just yes. like you do. Yes. Just like as you were referencing about your yeah. pay, what you were offering as your offers with your business and you are asking according yeah. to all the investment that you've done in yourself, all the work that you've done in yourself, what your actual value was. So what do you think stops us from actually asking our own value? Do you yeah. think it's a generational uh, thing or do you think? This is, no, it's not. It's, it's, highly contextualized all over. <laughs> We're not unique in believing uh, our worth is not of value, right? And, and I'm not even going to say especially women. Men, some, and I'll tell you a quick story, true story around that. Men can have that belief too. They may just on the surface acknowledge it a little bit differently. And then stepping, I have a lot of men clients. I love working with men uh, because they feel safe. And um, they also really tap into what their true feeling in that safe environment to be able to then go for what they want. But women, I love working with women too, and I'll tell you why, because calling them on their nonsense about their value. So for whatever reason, I end up ended up working with a lot of attorneys. They're a majority of my clients, and it came from referral from one attorney way, way back. Right. And it was actually when I graduated my first NLP training and I said to her, she was a client of mine already, I said, I've learned some new techniques. I would love um, uh, to do this with you. And after the success of what we do together, I want you to tell everybody. Oh, and she wow. did because what we worked together on was successful. So that's how I ended up with word of mouth uh, to a lot of attorneys. And I had this beautiful young female attorney come to me and she wanted uh, business coaching. And so I listened to some of the things that she was saying. And at the end of it, I said to her, some of what you said, and I listed it, is not what I do. Uh, however, what I can help you with is your beliefs, the limiting ones around which you don't believe you can do that or that only men make money in this. I said, what would happen if you were the first woman that you knew to make the amount of money that you wanted to make, to make partner in this law firm and to set the standard to how you would like it to be. And she said, well, I'd love that. I said, well, that's where we can work together. 
So she ended up achieving all of those things. And and the where I'm saying I want to tell you this quick story, what happened with that, she wanted me to speak on a platform for women to help them around their limiting beliefs and money and their value of their self-worth. And so I did, and I had uh, put it together, 75 women, she told me were going to be there, and it was on Zoom, and I set it around women and their limiting beliefs and how we we attacked the limiting beliefs and we came up with what belief they would like to have instead of the one that limits them. So we're, we're creating that new mindset. It turns out that there were 25% men on there as well as about 10 judges. <laughs> so first thing I did was I had to check my own self-worth of go, whoa, there's the men on here have created this just for women and there's judges. Oh, and right. then I said, you know your stuff, Deborah. You present it as a whole and you just do what you do because you know this. So I had to make sure I'm stepping into my belief about myself mm. as I'm going. One of the judges at the end uh, put in the chat said, Deborah, this is brilliant. I want my teenage daughter to understand this her self-worth as well as me maintaining my own self-worth and belief. Oh, wow. Wow. So this is so great. And I'm thinking about people giving people tangible tools without giving them all your tools, of course. Somebody coming on, leaving this episode and thinking to themselves, okay, Deborah, I really want to change. And you were just saying, think about your next, you you instilled that belief in yourself. You said, you know what, Deborah, I know what I'm all about. Does, is it best to do that in front of a mirror? How, how, what's yeah, that however it works for you. But what I do is um, I step into that belief. So the belief that I'm having, that is not an empowering belief. It's like, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough. Um, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to, to run a podcast like you or any belief that we have about ourselves. All doubts are limiting beliefs. They limit us. So we have this over here, that's the doubt or the limiting belief, and then we want to create an empowering belief, or it could be something we would like to believe instead of that. Mm. And then what we we need to do with that, or we must do, is step into that belief of what does it look like, back to what is neuro-linguistic programming, what does it look like, sound like, feel like, Um, even taste and smell, our senses. And what am I saying to myself when I hold that empowering belief inside myself? Mm, Oh my gosh, this is so powerful because this episode is actually following. I interviewed a top one percenter in uh, the network marketing field and I asked him about visualization and he didn't refer to NLP, but you guys, this is exactly what Deborah's talking about. He said that he would get in his car and he would think about how I was going to feel when he was going to arrive to destination. And of course the doubt, which I just wrote down doubts limit us. That's all. That's basically the, the, that's the best definition. It's the best definition. I've never heard of it. Like I've already heard it, but it sounded better from your mouth. (laughs) That that he would get interrupted with doubt. He would just think about something completely different. Like he would be like, Oh wow. What a beautiful trait. Like he wouldn't even give it any, the doubt, any energy. And then come back to his energy about how his his vision was going to feel. And it's totally on point with what you're you're describing right now. Just so grateful. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the time, I mean, 
understanding that we as human beings or spiritual beings having this human experience that can sometimes suck, you know, recognizing that, how do we change our language patterns that that we are saying to ourselves that limit us and stop us? And are they true? Mm -hmm. Are they true what we're saying? Who says they're true? And who says that they, what they're saying is right? Do you think that we create the suck in our life? A lot of the times we do um, because we're focusing on what we don't want. However, we can have real life situations that can be brutal, right? That can be traumatic, that are real situations. And, And in those situations as traumas or anything like that, we want to give ourselves permission to feel what we are feeling so that we can move through those experiences to then take even in the most traumatic things, to take positive learnings from those, to be able to take them with us into our future. Mm, yeah. From that moment on. And the person that I often like to refer to is like Viktor Frankl, who was in the concentration camps in, in World War II. And if he could find positive learnings from the most horrific experiences uh, you know, having to bury his wife and his family and, you know, there that we can find something that we don't stay stuck in that so that we can be of influence to empower and create. So, yeah, we do create a lot from things that are nothing and there are times where there are things and we want to give ourselves permission to really feel the emotions that we're feeling. Oh, I love that. And now as we conclude this, you were yeah. ta- at the beginning when we were talking about your previous life, when you were yes. overachiever, always mm-hmm. looking to the extreme, having amazing success, looking great from the outside, looking in, but feeling miserable and like lost inside and anxious mm-hmm. to now fast forward, understanding these laws that govern our yeah. life that are yeah. infinite laws. What does life look like for you today? What's a typical day in the life of Deborah emotionally? Yeah, emotionally. So first of all, I'm going to preface it with we still have all of the stuff that we had prior that will pop up. It's now I have the tools to go, oh, look where you're going. You're going down there. And what tool do you have right now to shift and reset into where you want to take yourself Mm. rather than than going on that emotional turmoil roller coaster when I don't need to stay there. I'm able to shift and reset in in that moment. And that creates the, you know, people that I used to work with in the airlines uh, are my clients. Now I do certain things for them or I do things at corporate, uh, corporate offices because they're like, remember that movie with Meg, Meg Ryan, where it's like, I want what you have. I want what you have, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so now I'm my authentic self. I will say if if things are, you know, I'm experiencing something that that we uh, we do feel. I don't feel good all the time, and I ask my, oh, what emotion are you feeling, Deb? What emotion? And what like what would you like to feel instead? And what is something you can do to make that happen? Mm. I yeah. love that. And it, of course, it shrinks the time yes, of that right. 
that that's that, key. What's coming into your world yeah. is just shrinking yeah. it. I love that. I'm so grateful for all the top tips you gave us today. And I'm excited for people to discover you because like I said, I've been following you and I'm like, I, I've actually got goosebumps thinking about how many things we've got in common. Um, so I'm definitely going to put all your info in the show notes so people can find you, find your website, sign up to your courses, maybe sign up to some of your coachings that you've got going on to excel their success and whatever they're pursuing in their life. And of course, I think the biggest mission this year is really not only to find, I feel like there's like a dual thing. It's like to find our boldness, but to also find our peace throughout yes. that. To yes. find both of those things and really leave our imprint on the on the planet and leave our imprint yeah. on people, but leave people better than we found them. And I thank you for that. I thank love you for that. being here and being part of that. So I love you very much. I'm very grateful. I love you friend. too. I love you too. All right, friends. Well, thank you so much for pressing play today and joining me for an episode of Inspired for More podcast. If you loved anything about this episode, make sure to just leave a review, share with a friend, copy the link, pass it on, and let's elevate the collective energy together. And remember, if you can be inspired, you are actually meant to inspire others. Have a beautiful day.